know, we haven't done this for a while. It's been too long. We've had a lot of guys that have been interested or really wanting us to do podcasts because they got long drives, and of course it's the season, so we're going to try to get into some more details. Do a little bit of a quick intro here. Everything, you can hear me good? Yeah, you're good. Do a test once on this. You're good. Okay. We'll do a little bit of an intro and then we'll get into it. We'll get into our talking points or into our subject real quick. What's up, guys? I'm James O'Neill. You're here with O'Neill Ops, and this is the Predator Hunter Podcast. This is a place where we go into detail on and with the equipment that we use and how we use that equipment application-specific tools, tactics, training, techniques, everything that we've learned to try to help you become more proficient at what you do. And today, uh, you know, it's we're going to eventually start talking about stuff that's controversial in a way because a lot of people think you know here here's a good here's a good a good point so I get online quite a bit I was actually a uh, you've probably heard it before I was a moderator on on a forum called predator masters they asked me to be a moderator years ago which basically I would wake up every morning and I'd get on there anyway so it wasn't anything out of the ordinary but there's a lot of a lot of redundant questions. You know, a lot of people really fail to use the search engine that that create that that Predator Masters created just to alleviate that problem, if you will. And granted, you know, it, it's a lot of new new users get on and they instead of searching, they just ask the question that's been asked a thousand times. And I was just going over some of the the subjects, some of the threads here recently. I would say probably within the past couple of weeks and one of the, the the subjects was how much gear do you use or do you need I should say how much gear do you need to kill a coyote and I've kind of chimed in and I was being a little bit of a cock just because I'm like a blade of grass and a gun I reckon is all you'd need and some guy goes I'll raise you dude a knife screw a blade of grass I'm just gonna do a lip squeak and I'm like you win you win. And, and it really, what it is, it's just some guy with the stick trying to poke a bear going, you know, look at all these guys, how they gear up, how they use thousands of dollars in equipment. They're essentially the word commercializing, I would say the the industry. And I can see how that goes. It, the, the hunting industry is, has grown exponentially as well as uh, the, the commercialization of it with, with camouflage, with new products. It's, it's marketing. It's what's going to happen, you know, either, Either be content with what you're going to use, be happy with what you're going to use, or get on board. And, and since we already film, it absolutely makes no sense for us not to work with some of these manufacturers. So with, with that kind of uh, elaborate intro, what, what we're going to be talking about today, guys, is camouflage. Do you need to use it? Maybe you want to use it. 
Maybe you don't need to use it. Maybe you absolutely don't think that there's any reason for it. So that's that's going to be today's, we, we kind of talked about it. I chatted with Keith a little bit, and I'm like, let's just do camouflage, man. That's an easy one for us. Um, it's, it's something that we've used our entire lives, and I'd like to go into detail and kind of explain to you guys how we actually use it to be more tactical at our work. From starting years when we were kids building our own to what we use now as far as clothing or what have you, the different variations, the different patterns that have come out. So many, so many different ones that, that uh, there is to choose from, you know. It's almost hard to keep track. Yeah. The, like you said, from one, what we used in the beginning, that was one of my, I think it might have been in my first episode, the very first podcast I did, I was really interested in how people made camouflage, you know, how, how they actually got the patterns on the clothing. And then, and then I even took it a step further and I wanted to know how you, you got to be given camouflage from the marketing standpoint. You know, I was always interested in how do these hunters, you know, you, you see them wear it. Do they get it given to them? Do they have to buy it? You know, with, with the work that they put in. You had a real tree coming out, Mossy Oak coming out, a couple of the big, I'd say Pepsi, Coke, Ford, Chevy brands. And then, I mean, gosh, I should have probably, I should have probably tried to organize this in some bit of a fashion so we didn't get too far off topic. But I would say from our perspective, we've been pretty non-traditional regarding camouflage. Yeah, we've never been the the real tree guy or the, you know, the the, the woods guy. I mean, the lighter, the better out here for us. And and you don't see a lot of that, to be honest. Exactly. Everything you see is dark, dark, you know, woodland type shit. And if you take a camouflage pattern, some of the, especially some of the early patterns that were available, and I'm, I, I'm not going to, I don't know about the science of it or how they took pictures and put it on the, on the fabric, but you could see it plain as day. You back up to 100 yards and sure, it, it might work 50 yards. It might work 20 yards. It might work the best. But once you start backing up out here where we are in the open country, you just turn into a black blotch. Yeah. And the, the advancements have been in, in my opinion, insane. The, 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 the technology, the camouflage patterns that we're seeing come out is just flat out nuts. And we've worked with guys in the industry that, that are literally sponsored by Realtree and it, it, it doesn't make sense for them not to be, you know, they're, they're, they're getting paid a lot of money. Yeah, they're to getting do it. big bucks to, to wear their stuff. Why wouldn't you? And, and with the train and the, the, you know, tree stand hunters, a lot of them, it, yeah. it, it, it there's no reason you, you, it, that's more of a, of a, of a, of, you know, an ambush style, just hold still as you can, which is kind of the name of the game anyway. But regardless, we've worked with uh, a fella from Mossy Oak. It'd be kind of cool to actually get him on here. His name was, um, Dustin Whitaker. Yep. Dustin Whitaker, Shed Whitaker. He was pretty high up with Mossy Oak when he came out and he brought us a bunch of Mossy Oak gear called Brush Camel and they were trying to kind of get that market going. But uh, long story short, I've always been real non-traditional looking at the standpoint of a tan-based camouflage pattern out here. And, and to be honest, I've heard a lot of guys say it online. One of the best camouflage patterns is a faded out Carhartt. Uh, old faded out tan Carhartt jacket, the old tan Carhartts that you used to see, those were some of the best flat out camouflage patterns that you could you could the, the plaid ones, the plaid. <laughs> Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, wait, the plaid liner. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. The, the, the Carhartt. tan Carhartt jacket. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So they, I, some of them probably had a, a plaid liner, but the tan. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And I remember, I distinctly remember right here from our old house. I remember when I was too young to hunt. I was probably, I, I was young. And I remember seeing my dad and a bunch of his buddies walking out here pheasant hunting. And one guy was wearing one and he just disappeared in the weeds. You know, he, you could, he, you could see his orange hat, but anything below that was just yeah. gone. Like that's a first initial impression. And I was too young to even be able to go with them hunt. You know, I was probably in fourth grade, third, who knows, old enough to go pick up birds, which I probably was doing. Who knows? Maybe I wasn't, but that's kind of the mindset set that, that I've always been. We, we've, we've modded up our own ghillie hoods years ago, long time ago. Well, what you did with those Carhartts, you bought one and it was too dark when you bought it. So you hung it on the clothesline all summer long. Yep. We did that with a whole bunch of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Fade it from the sun. Yep. Should be ready by by season, you know, and then, then all the scent hopefully is gone too. But then came all of these new camouflage patterns, these manufacturers that came out and we've worked with them uh, to, to an extent, to an extent we've worked with Cryptech a little bit, Butch Whiting and yeah. Josh Claghorn. Those guys are awesome. And I, I, I would love to kind of touch base and work with them because they were very, uh, Good dudes, awesome guys. I, I haven't really, I've talked to Butch on the phone a few times. He probably doesn't remember me, but Josh messaged me a, a, about a year ago and wanted to know if we wanted to get into some stuff that they're going to be marketing. And, and you, you just get so busy. But Cryptech has some good patterns. I like their Nomad and Highlander. Nomad's really good. It's just such a, a, a tan pattern. But then uh, about that time, that they came out multi-cam was was coming out too really about that same time i think it all kind of sprouted from a, a military contract they were yeah. the military was looking for some kind of new camouflage a better a better setup than what was already out there and multi-cam popped up and i'm like dude that looks good the multi-cam original if you if you sit back and look at it the first thing that the, the there was two things that i said first of all if they made a desert pattern they have a winner and then second of all, if you just look at how the pattern, if you guys haven't or you're not familiar with multicam, not putting a plug in for them, they, they actually don't, we've tried to get them on board to work with this, but they don't, they're, they're more of like Red Bull dudes. They don't want to, they don't want to <laughs> see people pull the trigger and kill yeah. shit. That's what it is. Yeah, they don't want to, they, they don't, they don't want to see that, you know, and, and, and we, we can respect that from, uh, to a certain extent, but then when we sit back, why should we promote their stuff when they don't want to support us? Yeah. And Regardless, a good product is going to be, is going to be seen. It's going to be known about and and, uh, multi-cam. If you look at the pattern and evaluate it, like we do with a lot of stuff, it, it looks like a bobcat. It looks almost like, like a, a leopard. If you kind of sit back and there's a, there's a base layer to it, a, 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 an initial base that fades out to a really light and then it gradually gets dark and then it gets so much more intricate. You know, there's another layer on top of it. And then another layer on top of that that makes it spotty. And then another, even a white layer where there's white spots where you'd almost affiliate it with like with, with, with snow in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd be surprised how much white, just white will break up an outline in any kind of terrain. Then multicam, what, what I think they had to do was same thing with Cryptek. They had to go with, with numerous conditions. So there was multicam original, there was multicam black kind of the tactical, you know, yep. street style. Yep. Yep. There was the the multi-cam tropic, which was more for the 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 jungle version. 
and then which I've never ever used or my, got my hands on. And then there was the the coveted one for us, which was multicam arid, and that is a nasty camouflage pattern. That's a, that's just a pretty wicked camouflage pattern. If you guys haven't seen it, it's it's multicam, but it's, it's got the tans. Yeah, it's the tan multicam is what it is. And then Cryptech did the same thing. You know, we're not going to try to compare this or that. Everybody has their own their own uh, uh, mindset when they're developing camouflage, and it's been something that I've kind of wanted to do, develop a, a kind of a, a really cool camouflage, but there's so many players at it, and the money involved is just nuts. So we started using a lot of multicam. And because not, not you know, guys, there's so many, it's stupid. Not because the military won any, or got any kind of, they were awarded any kind of military contract because of the function. Because if you look at it, like I said, the first thing that I saw was it, it simulated the height of a bobcat. If you look at it, it, it looks relatively similar. And if you look at how well a cat blends in, it's camouflage, man. They're elusive. You hardly ever see them. You know, I mean, out here you don't. You, uh, it, Who knows how many times we've called them in and not seen them. Probably, yeah. probably not a lot of times. But I guarantee you it, there has been times. And it's just a really efficient pattern, an awesome pattern. Then, uh, you know, we, we, we've worked with TrueSpec, a, a basically not a camouflage pattern manufacturer, but a clothing manufacturer that takes camouflage and produces a clothing line. And we kind of uh, did some photo ops with them, I would say, and got on board with a company called Kitanica. And granted, guys, this is going to be about camouflage, but we run a lot of Kitanica gear, and they offer numerous uh, camouflage patterns with their clothing line. And we get a lot of guys that ask us, this is going to kind of just be a little bit of a plug. We don't get paid by Kitanica at all. We have never taken a dollar from them. They give us some deals on some clothing, but uh, we, we try to promote it. You know, they're made in America. They got an American flag stitched on the ass, and they've got some wicked designs, man. The, the Raider pants that they have to offer. I'm going to be doing a full-fledged review on them, but they have, you're wearing the multi-cam pants right now, yeah, right? Yep. And I've just got a pair of old, I, I like these. These are the old school retro woodland, man. Three Same color. Hat, yeah. Yep. And I'm trying to get them to do a three color desert. I know. So it's the same, like what yep. I'm going back. If a three color desert, it's, it's just tan. Who cares? It, it might not be intricate like the multi-cam, but dude, it's going to work for us. Oh yeah. Well, we just wear the tan pants too. Just a straight tan. And you, you know? disappear. Yeah. You go. Multicam yeah. still fees. That's good, dude. Remember when we were walking we on a set years ago, and we were walking and just walking away and, and see how long it takes for you just to disappear? And if you don't keep your eye on on whatever's walking away in that multicam, it will disappear in front of you. And it's crazy how good that works. It it, it does. It's yeah. exactly, you get, it's not like, that's where you can tell camouflage works. It It doesn't just work close, but it works far. Yep. You look at something that might work close and then you back up to 200 or 300 yards and then it, 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 it turns into a black blotch. It, it, for us, it, it, it's just yeah, something that yeah. we're not looking for. Yep. Now, granted, guys, you know, I guarantee to you there's guys out there and the flies are kind of bad. I don't know why they're bad in here. The son of a bitches. Uh, yeah, it's 14 degrees. This I morning. know. <laughs> they should all be dead. But uh, mm. the, there's, I guarantee you there's going to be guys out there going, man, you guys are, you know, you're overthinking shit. You're, you're, you're going into camouflage. You don't even need it. Uh, all you got to do is hold still, this and that, which to each his own. Yeah. That's, that's completely fine. And yeah. I'll, I'll throw this out there for you. I know there's a lot of guys out there that kill the shit out of coyotes, that probably kill the shit out of, of big game, 
And you also, of course, guys, you got to factor in the, the human mindset, how we've evolved over the years to come from a freaking straight barreled ball shooting musket musket to a rifled, a precision rifled barrel that's capable of shooting guns. We were just shooting. Keith was just, we were, Keith and John and I were just shooting at 1300 yards here, just smashing a target. And, and that's nothing now. The guys are shooting 3000 yards. Yeah. Plus the, the, how much camouflage do you need to be able to, to, to do that? You don't. I mean, you could drive your vehicle to wherever the hell you want and be able to make shots like that, but you better have a lot of money invested in gear to be able to, uh, to have the equipment that accurately, precisely shoots that far. Regardless, that's a different story. So the way that I look at it is camouflage, all right? There's a lot of guys out there that, that don't hunt coyotes. You don't, you don't need it. You know, they're like, you don't need camouflage. You don't need it. All you got to do is hold still. And I do not disagree with that one bit. I know there's guys out there that kill a shit ton of coyotes that don't wear camouflage. They might wear jeans. They might wear a plaid shirt. They might wear an orange hat. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. But how many of those guys are actively bringing two guys along, three guys along, a big-ass heavy camera like that or along, the, the more and, and not just ripping shots. I'm saying not burning up boxes of ammo or, or, or three to 500 or 1,000 rounds a year, but, but taking well-placed, precise shots and in, in, in out of 50 rounds, killing 45 to 50 coyotes because... We're luring and, and that I, and animal. I want those coyotes at 50 yards or in. Exactly. Because we're luring those coyotes into that kind of a distance. And there's yeah. guys, then, then you'll get the, the butthurt dudes. Well, why are you building guns like this that are $3,000 guns? And Because if you think about it, guys, you know, think about the, the, the whole system that we're putting together. We don't just quit hunting after those coyotes get educated by maybe even us. We'll put, say, sure. Or other hunters. We design systems so that if we need to, the option is there. If yeah. we need to reach out there, if Keith needs to shoot one at 500, if John wants to shoot one out there with a six during the later season where we might up that caliber from a 224 to a six, a little bit higher BC, buck in the wind, better trajectory, you know the game, then we can do it. But optimally for us, 50-yard headshot. And in order to do that, you have to be still. But I firmly believe in, in, in our work will speak for itself. And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying work will, somebody's work will speak for themselves. We try to get them as close as we can. Holding still, being content is part of it. But masking any extra person, any extra equipment, anything, your gun helps. It helps. Is it, a, is it, is it, is it the difference? Is it the difference between a, a complete botched set and not, maybe not, but a lot of times it is, but it might be the difference between a double and a triple. And it might be the difference between a triple and a quad yeah, or a single and a double, or there's a, you're, that's exactly the right yeah. mindset. Yeah. And we, I even go into it in, in more detail, you know, where we've actually, actually we have developed some camouflage. We worked with a company called tactical concealment and Mike, yeah. I'll, I'll say it, that guy's pissed at me. I don't know <laughs> why I've been trying to get a hold of him for like two years since COVID hit hard. And I, I thought maybe their manufacturing just went, went by the wayside or, or, you know, halted altogether. But, uh, 
our agreement was I would do some video production for a product, for some manufacturing, actually. And if any of you guys know, have any insight or anybody that that, that uh, uh, is interested in, in producing, I have numerous designs that I, I want to get manufactured, numerous different pieces of equipment. But what, what I did with, with uh, um, Tactical Concealment, they had an awesome design and in, in they already had the setup for it. So for us, instead of going full-fledged all ghillie monstered out, where you wear the pants in, in what do you call those ghillie suits? The whole damn, the, the, the fuzzed out everything all over. Oh, the kill Wal- suits or the Walmart ones. Yeah. Whatever them are called. Yeah. Same thing though. Yeah. Where you cross a fence and you freaking <laughs> rip you your lay, shit off. Or you lay in some sandbirds or cockleburs and they're in there for five years. <laughs> you just burn them up. You just <laughs> yeah. throw them in the fire, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I have no idea what they're called, but, um, regardless, Instead, we don't need that, right? We don't, we don't need to go to that extent. All, all we're looking to do is break up our, our outline in certain instances on certain sets so that if we have to, elevation is the key, all right? We're not looking to build a bunker and fucking hide down underneath and have shit run up over the top of us. Elevation is the key. Build our set on the high ground 99% of the time. And on the high ground, what's going to happen? You're going to silhouette. You're going to skyline. And... That's what our goal is, is with a lot of our camouflage. Which 90% of our, our sets, the shooter is prone. So, so this, th- this, this freaking roid hood is perfect. For, it, it makes you virtually, like if we, if I, I should do, I'll do, a, I'll, I'm going to, I got to do a review on that. But you're invisible. You're gone. Right. You're toast. You get your, pay, your face painted up in the shadows. You flop your hood over. We're, we're, we're freaking, you're gone. The main, the main concept from my perspective is, is the guy running the camera because that's it. Like yep. if, if you, yep. you guys can't see it, but right behind I'm filming with the 705, the legs I have wrapped up with a, a arid pattern camouflage tape just to conceal the, the carbon fiber tripod. And I actually should put a, uh, like a 3M mask to on take the shine away. You mean, or the or reflection or anything, even just a, uh, 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 not a paint job, but what it's like a 3M, uh, what do you call wrap? Yeah. A wrap skin? on a skin. There you go. A skin on the 705 so that, uh, it, just, just breaking it up. It's breaking and, it up. And there's times we're walking into a set and there's a tumbleweed. I'll grab it, you know, just to, just something. That's to camouflage. Break, to break that up. That's camouflage. That's the art of yeah. camouflage right and there. You just, just for that camera, you know, that's, that's your main thing. And when you had your Sony before you sold it, you took athletic tape. And you just put blotches of white on it, and yeah. it would just, boom, yeah. it'd just break it up. Any little thing yeah. like that, guys. They had that white mic cover. Yep. Yeah, just break break it up. That's that's uh, the, 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 some of the detail that, that we actually go into. You know, that, that's just a little bit of the detail that we go into. The, the ghillie hoods, like I said, that's a, a huge asset, being able to break up your silhouette, break up your where, where you're set up to, to to basically paint you in the picture brush you into the background where you're at and to take it a step further in camouflage dude i'm i don't i i it's weird i don't know how you want to say it but i get kind of excited sometimes when it starts raining in the spring and the summer because i'm like dude the grass all the native grasses are going to be growing it's i'm weird like that i know That's but like a fetish <laughs> You, I'll go up and we'll go up north and it's, I would say the country up there, man, has probably got some of the best grass in the world up there. If you, if you paired it with any grass in the whole world, 
the hard grasses up there are just, it's insane. It's awesome. So you have, you have your, your warmer season grasses that sprout when it gets a little warmer. Those are the ones that I personally like to kind of key in on my ghillie hood. If you look at mine, it's got more of a maroonish red, red tint. We'll break it down like this. I, I, I take a look at, uh, I mean, when we're making a set, we're looking for anything, a patch of grass, a soapweed, a cut bank, anything that is kind of a jagged edge that's out of the ordinary that's going to break up our silhouette, especially when you have three guys or two yeah, guys yeah. for sure. And like I Which, said, the camera too. Yeah, that's the main is the camera. The main thing is the camera. That's the hardest thing. Which on the third guy, he's down below anyways. But yeah, that, that camera thing is, is... It's a tough deal. Yep. And that's where a that, lot that's of... Where you, that'll make and break a set right there. A lot of times. And just by finding something little dumb, soapweed, cut bank, anything like you said, it's, it's, it makes a difference, man. And that's all we do. We, there's times where we'll walk in, and ov- obviously the wind. If the wind's bad, there's no even second guess and shit. We turn right around and we're like, nope, not even thinking about it. We're out of here. But there's been times where we'll go in and we'll look at it and like, man, this is such a good spot. But guess what? There's, there ain't nothing here. Oh, it's 90% of the time. And, and James is like, uh, well, let's go 200 yards. There's a better patch of grass over there. You know, it's like. And then you're, and the kid's like, dude, but the thing is, seriously. we start doing that <laughs> shit. We're shooting ourselves in the foot because stuff's going to see us moving in. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's, it it's might a coin work. toss. Yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah. So, but anyway, I mean, I'm kind of weird like that. I, I mimic, and you have yours mimicked after after the same thing, but I'll look at, I'll look at like the, the native warm season grasses. Like you have side oats, you have, uh, you have Indian grass, you have switchgrass, you have big blue stem, you have little blue stem. All those, if you look at them, guys, after it freezes, they get a maroon tint. And it's a really pretty color. And I actually dye a lot of my fabric and some of the fabric that's on yours to, I am almost identically match those grasses. And I'm not saying that, hey, fuck, man, you know, we're, we're trying to do some crazy shit. It's just what we do. And then on yours, on your ghillie hood, uh, it's a it's a fabric called stock grass is yeah. what you use. It's a little lighter. And you have blotches. It's almost like yeah. you have a patch here and a patch here and a patch here. And what that would be more like a cool season grass. You get like your cooler season grasses like a like a, a, a wheat grass or like a, a what's a good one? A, a cheat grass where it freezes or it gets cold and it turns white. Yep. And you that's a really good color too. I mean, you can't go wrong with either of those out here, but that's that's how we put the camouflage into perspective. And you know, guys are like, fuck, dude, you guys are crazy, man. We just drive up to our shit and go. We just fucking run hogs down and go. You don't need that shit. <laughs> if it works for them, freaking awesome. Exactly. And uh I mean that's that's just the detail that we look into and and to break it down uh, even further. I've got a couple things written down, you know, man, you, 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 when you're a rancher and you live out here off the land and you, and you, you, you raise animals and you hunt animals that are ungulates that are, that are, that are basically a prey species, you know, for whether it's our consumption or, or they've been here for millennia for thousands of years and they've adapted to elude the native predators. You, you look at, you look at their features. I mean, you, you, you look at deer, you look at elk, you look at a domestic cow, not, not from the coloration standpoint, but, but from their head, you know, look at their eyes, the way that their eyes are spaced on their head to be able to see almost all the way behind their ass. You know, they can see everything. That's the whole evolution of that species to be able to survive. Then you look at, at, at a, at a predator like us, you know, people like people. 
people aren't predators. Look, look at our eyes. Our eyes are in the in the front of our head. Coyotes' eyes are in the front of their head. Leopards, cats, all wolves, dogs. Their eyes are in the front of their head because they're they're not looking out behind them. They're looking in front of them. They're looking for movement. They're listening for move. They're listening for for sound. They're smelling. Their senses. It's a whole different kind of concept between a prey species. But you look at like. Uh, say North America, I would say, you know, even look at deer, man. A lot of times you look at how deer are camouflaged, similar to a coyote. They're dark at the top and it transitions to whiter down below. If they stand, not all of anything, it's there's white. Look at antelope. White. Yeah. They're they're. It's crazy how you, they'll just flat out disappear. You can see them at a time and then they'll disappear. But if you look at like, I would say the, 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 the concealing pattern of, of, deer or coyotes where there's no abrupt changes in their fur but yet if a coyote stands still a lot of times they disappear dude and it's not not it is partially going to the predatory side of things like i'm saying we're we're looking for movement granted yeah if something moves it's a lot easier for us to pick up on it right but there's a camouflage pattern there at work you see a coyote stand broadside a lot of times and he disappears the camouflage, it's, it's dark at the top and it transitions to light. It, it's, it's basically contradicting the shadow of the sun. It's crazy to think about if you ever do research. But then what we do is we use that pattern as a base layer for us. The concealing aspect where he's got the multi-cam pants. That's very similar. You have a, a, a pattern that, that transitions from a light to a dark and from a dark to a light. But then we also use the disruptive side of it, the disruptive camouflage pattern where we're throwing our ghillie hoods on and it disrupts our outline. So we kind of use it, you know, a, a couple different aspects and it works good for us. You know, it's, it's not anything crazy expensive. I mean, you, 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 it's just thinking about it. And I, I would like to think that how we do things, we're, we're awful successful. I, I mean, granted, there, there's, and not bragging, but there's... A, a technique to it there's an artwork to it not only to camouflage but but to to a set a set is art you get in you know the wind you take your time we're not doing contests where you're freaking running your ass in and you're letting everything around you see and you blaze the call for 10 minutes there's there's nothing about that painting a picture right that's flipping a coin and determining that anything in front of you didn't see you come in or it did see you come in and you let the call blaze or whatever for 10 minutes and then you move to their next one yep and yep. i'm not downplaying that I'm just saying it's a completely different situation than what we're doing. Completely different. 180 degrees. We're really meticulous about it. We take our time about it, and that's how we play. Uh, that's how camouflage, I should say, plays a part in it uh, from our perspective and what we do. Well, just like the set we made uh, two weeks ago. It was, it was an evening set, and uh, the sun was in our face. There was no other way we could do it, but the sun was in our face. So what we went and sat up. And we didn't play that call until that sun got right below the sun rising and we got in the shadows. And then you hit that call. You know, that, that camel's going to work way better in the little little bit darker where that sun's not on you. And you just take advantage of little shit like that. And that's part of, yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. That's utilizing the camouflage pattern to its fullest. And that's even like camouflage, paint in our face. And it was like, you didn't yeah. have to, well, dude, I guarantee to you a couple white guys that are sitting <laughs> out on the side of a hill with the sun in your face. Yeah. That There's shit lights up, off. dude. Yeah. Yep. That it's you like this morning or put that, it on the coyote. Look at the sun hits that coyote's chest. He blazes, yep. just pops him like those yep. elk. I was just going to say, we watch those elk at two miles away and you don't even need a spotter, man. You can just see boom, 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 yep. boom. 
they're just blazing. So there's certain times of the day that you take advantage of as well to maximize that, that concept. And, and that's just, you know, something that you got to pay attention to and you got to learn and, and camouflage just amplifies that. You know, like I said, there's, there's, there's nothing that you can do if you don't know enough to let that sunset. And, and granted that, that was that particular set dude is primarily, uh, I would say an evening set. Just because day sets, I think those coyotes are going to be down but out of those hills. It's a set that we do later in the year, so the sun's at a different angle, too. That's true. That's true. It gets a little bit further south, so it's yeah. not as harsh. Yeah. But that's just kind of a, uh, you know, you, you get accustomed to it. You get used to it. You get educated. You you learn a lot more. You're more advanced. You just learn the techniques that need to be learned so that you're like, we're not, we're not pushing any buttons. We're not ripping any sounds. We're not going to do anything until that sun's at a certain point. Any little advantage, you know. Yep. But that's, you know, camouflage, guys. That's really, uh, uh, it is, it is a controversial, controversial subject, I would say. It, it 100% is because, like I said, there's so many guys out there that, <clears throat> that don't think, that don't think that you, uh, that don't think that you need it. And, and, and I, I'm, like I said, we're not disputing that. I guarantee you there's guys out there that don't use it that are very successful, hold still. But how many of those guys are bringing along a camera and trying or to coax them in as close? Themselves, yeah, that, that's a huge, dude, if I was out doing, I, I probably would still camera. I would still as I would well. I would still do it. But it's, you're, how many, you're, I mean, if you were by yourself, you don't have to worry about anything else. I mean, it's a different deal. It it's is. a whole different deal. It's a whole different concept. And it is what it is. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's that's exactly right. The, 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 you just you get what you have. What happens is you get guys that get upset about uh, the, the marketing standpoint, the commercialization of of a sport because they kind of feel left out to an extent. And and I can understand that, but it doesn't do any good to get you know start pitting each other against each other to start getting you know each other butthurt at each other because one guy may get paid to play the game or may uh, earn and i don't want to say it like you get paid automatic dude you you got to work at it you got to show some kind of a number whether it's a shutter speed or it's a shutter count whether it's a freaking body count whether it's it's a group whether it's a consistent win over and over and over it, you have to have some kind of goods that a company will you know or services some kind of services that a company will render for their goods or vice versa you know you you have to have something of value in order to to have an asset in order to to make it work and i i understand i know a lot of guys get upset at that that they might not have that they might not have the ability they might not have the option it's tough for us a lot of times man with the ranch that's we this is what the first podcast that we've done for how long since last year. That sucks, dude. That we should be, this is easy. Yeah. This is easy to do. We should be doing podcasts all the time. We should have, I should, but it, you just, there's harvest, there's weaning. Like today we went and sorted off a bunch of uh, stray heifers and we're eating dirt. And then we got to go play game warden. Basically that's a whole nother story. It's just, and then, then you come in here. I'm like, dude, Keith, let's, we got to do a podcast, man. We got to do anything. Let's just sketch something up and do it. Camouflage is easy. Why we use it? How we use it? What benefits does it have? But now that season, I mean, we kind of got everything under control. Yeah, it'll as get as far as work wise, and you got it turns got into your stuff kind of squared away, lined out. It turns into a little bit more of a uh, a, a coast where we can get you know to now kill it's in season everyday coyote hunting type thing. Yeah, there was a couple other things I was going to talk about regarding camouflage, and uh, 
I it's slipping my mind a little bit, but I, I don't, it'll come to me here. I'll, I'll, I'll figure, I'll, I'll get it. You know, there's even, even, a even at night I've got, you can't see probably behind. Yeah, you can. There's a couple black helmets back behind and a couple tan helmets. I mean, uh, you will even transition from a tan helmet on, 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 on more moonlit nights. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll, to, to, yeah. And then on a darker night, you know, when that moon's down a little bit, we'll, we'll, we'll wear more black based camouflage. Yeah. The multicam black, which, yeah. I think I don't know. I think a coyote's probably brings enough enough light in their eyes. They probably see pretty good a darker rather than something tan. You know, but but we're we're we try to move in the shadows a yeah. lot. I mean, kill boxes with the moon, uh, certain angles. It 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 helps. Hell yeah. Snow camos got the snow camo the helmets. Yep. That's a good one. Snow camel is awesome. I mean, yeah. we've ran a couple different. That, that's another topic. I guarantee you, a lot of guys will be asking about that snow camouflage, man. Uh, I, I've actually got a design of that that I developed with a a a fella that won the Iditarod. He had a badass design, and we I don't want to say we collaborated at all, but uh, got some designs from him and modded up our own and and have a pretty good design. But uh, the problem is trying to get somebody to manufacture it. And then what we were using with that particular design was multi-cam Alpine. That's a wicked camouflage. Yeah, it's crazy when you throw a little bit of gray in there, how stupid that solid white looks, you know, it just works. It's gone. Yeah. And then just we, the breakup that's that, you know, break up your outline. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, uh, it's a good camouflage pattern. We we actually we were on Cryptex face website too when they first came out. We we did that same uh, concept, overweight concept. We were using Cryptek Yeti, and it was a five hundred a uh, five hundred Cordura. Loud as shit, wouldn't work. But we just did it because you know we we it was some of the first stuff out there to maybe try to get a little bit of publicity, if you will. Sure. But regarding hunting, the jacket would work, but the pants were just too loud. And now they make a legit overwhite fabric, like 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 Patriot overwhite. That's what they label it. Multicam Alpine. They label it as that. It's it's a soft, but it, it's it's good. But man, for the price of that, it's crazy because you're. It's not cam. It's not waterproof. It's not even really water resistant. It's just really know. tight knitted stuff. That's just it. If somebody came out with some waterproof freaking overwhites. It'd be, it'd be, that's what I get so many guys that ask that. Yeah. And then what we did last year, I, I talked to a fella. Yeah. Uh, it's Taraka is what it's called. And and I'm going to do, I, I've got a, I started a Facebook page that I haven't even followed up. Rich told me how to do it or told me what to do. And anyway, it's called um, cold skills. And I was going to kind of go into detail on, on some of our skill set that we use during the cold conditions, like some of the boots, some of the clothing that we run, which some of it was kind of like stupid, still how, fingerless how gloves. You, how you thaw your fingers out from frostbite. <laughs> how you un, how you get them unstuck from a scope when you get them stuck, when you stick your eyeball to it, your eyelid to it. Yeah. But um, this camouflage is pretty cool. It's back. It's actually, mine's hanging right there. Yours is probably there too. Somewhere. And it's it's a white a white pattern with just gray. Just almost like a gray yeah, tiger yeah. stripe, and the and the and the 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 gray part, it's not like like multicam lines are curved and everything. The gray's not. I mean, it's jagged. Line, yeah, yeah, it's jagged oh. angles and stuff, and it's it's legit, it's cool. And there's so many guys that want to know, but it's it's a it's a they, they don't, it's not public, man. <laughs> there's no public about that. It's it's no. there's a couple guys that get it, and it took me a long time to get my hands on it and make contact, and and then and then actually what the guy did was I paid for a bunch of. Uh, 
of base layer stuff. And he goes, this is the shit that you wear when it's like 60 below, dude. You layer up with this and you will live. You'll survive in it. And, and it's it's all in a box right back there that I want to do a podcast on. Yep. The, the individual layering of it, which is just, it's elaborate, man. A base layer, a base layer, a base layer, a soft shell, another. It's it's legit. But What was that snow camo on that, what was it, snow drift? Yeah, Pencott, dude. Pencott, there you go. That's a video and they you have, have to check out. Ones too. We have a that's a that's an overlooked. That's a really overlooked camouflage pattern. Yeah, uh, we got some stuff called Badlands from them. It's their their arid pattern. It's oh man, like a digital. It is digital, yeah. but it's a different kind of digital, man. It's not like the Marpat. It's it's a it's a legit nasty. If I was gonna go with the digital pattern, it would be that because you disappear with that. It's called Pencott. High definition, I think, developed yep, it, and then yep. Pencott might have overed on it. And Lawrence Hallsworth was the fellow that I worked with on that guy, and he's a good dude. But, I mean, that's a really overlooked pattern. In that video, I think, had a million views that you, that's, you're wearing that. That's a very first snowsuit that we got from yep, them. Yep. It's, it's cool. That was, that was a good it design. It was good, yeah. That was a good design. Not only the camouflage pattern, but the design of the right, overwhites was right. just good. Yeah, I think up until, like, a couple of last year or the year before, we I think John was still maybe wearing the pants. Yeah, they're good. They're in good shape, man. Maybe a couple tears, but the, the camouflage is good. But, you know, camouflage, without getting too far off topic, you know, the, the perspective. We, we like tans. There were a 60, what, what's that? 60 shades of tan kind of. 50? Is it 50 shades? I think so. Okay, I don't know what the hell, but that's, it's a lot. We li- I like tan, dude. Tan, tan's the way to go. If, if we can go any color, it's tan just because. Everything's so light out here. We're in the middle of nowhere. Yep. I mean, we're out here where we are covering areas that you can see for miles. And there's three or four different terrains, but tan works in every one of them. And it's just a good, instead of swapping shit out. Like, the, we'll, we'll, if you're getting into detail on camouflage, like, there's times where I'll get kind of intricate or, or meticulous or particular or whatever you want to call it. If, if it snows... And there's a little skiff on the on the on the yeah, pines. Yeah. We'll, we'll wear a white top and just leave our bottoms, you know, like our green or or multi cam bottoms. And we'll sit down at the bottom and just it, you're gone. Which if you're a spotty snow, that's the toughest to one, and it's so hard. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. What I found and it works the same way. I mean, it'd probably be hard for them to see us as well. Half rack, we call it. Yep, mixing it up. Whether yeah. it's a, a, a white bottoms white. with a ghillie hood or anything yep. and mean, it, or it vice versa and that depends on what a lot of times where we're hunting up north in the pines we call it if if there's no snow on the trees we'll wear a green topper or, or multi-cam topper or tan top and then white bottoms and if it's a really cold slow straight down snow where there's snow piling up on the trees but not down underneath yet then we'll we'll do the opposite but um the the the, the snow camouflage what we found is white if, if there's a lot of you we it almost seems like we get a we get by with a lot more in, in really white conditions doesn't it seem like oh, that yeah. we yeah. can do a lot more uh closing the distance if you will yeah if there's a lot of white on the ground i don't know if it's if it's it's gotta yeah i mean that I, i've noticed that i've noticed you get a lot you get you get by with a lot more in the sure. white yeah and they're easier so much easier to spot too the coyotes are it's probably a little quieter too if the snow's not crusty yeah yeah if you guys have any questions on camouflage, though, uh, chime up, chime in, I should say, um, on on Instagram Live. Hopefully, that's still working. Hopefully, you guys can hear us, and we'll make sure and have this up. We'll make sure and have this up live, or sorry, not live, but we'll make sure and have this uploaded 
on YouTube and then on the anchor platform here, maybe tonight I'll have that done before I edit the video. But there was, there was a couple more things I was going to kind of talk about regarding the, the camouflage aspect of, of, uh, you know, what we use and how we use it. But I, my, my main objective was just to, you know, how much gear, how much literal shit do you need to, to hunt coyotes? It's, it's not, it, it's almost, you know, needing is, is completely different than in certain perspectives than wanting. There's probably a lot more guys out there that want to run a lot of cool shit over what they actually need. But, but, but like I said, when you're trying to film, dude, and you're trying to capture that animal's every motion, every move, every instinct, uh, every bit of body language that it, it's going to present on its way from point A to point B before it, we end it, our goal is to document that and, and, and get them as close as we can. It's not that we, we can't. It's not that I can well, hey, Keith, you know, dude, shoot that son of a bitch. He's 400 yards out there, blaze one out. It's not that we can't, but it's not our goal. It's a completely different objective in our terms. Our, you know, it, even numbers, I'll say, aren't our goal. Numbers of, of coyotes, it's not, you know, hey, man, at the end of the season, how many of you guys do you kill? And that's, in a way, commercializing the industry as well because that's one of the most redundant questions that I get. How many coyotes do you guys kill? Man, I don't keep track. Yeah, that's, you know? how they, that's how a lot of them judge how good of a coyote hunter you are or how good you are at, what, at, at something. And I... And, and I granted, I know that a skill set is acquired. The more that you do something over, I mean, if you consistently lift weights, you're probably going to have bigger muscles than the next guy. If you consistently train at something at PRS, you're probably going to be a better shooter than the guy that doesn't pull triggers nearly as often. It's, it's, it's an acquired skill set. You're going to learn more things. But there's a lot of people out there, man, and a lot of you guys that are watching that, that kill 50 coyotes here that are awful good at what you do. You know, I would honestly rather, to be blunt, I would rather get 50 pristine, awesome kill shots than do a half-ass job and get 200. Now, don't get me wrong here. There's a point in time where we go flat-out murder mode, where shit's going to die whether we have the camera or not. So don't you don't think that, you know, hey, he's all about the the, the, the videography or the marketing we work with local ranchers here and when they have a problem, it's no holds barred. It's shit's dying, dude. We we're going to kill shit one way or the other, because if we don't do it, then somebody else is going to do it in a completely different way. And, and I firmly believe with some of the, even camouflage, the stuff that we're using, we, we can be a lot more selective at the work that we do and selective, you know, can be a decisive term, but you've heard me say it before we can be very selective in going and, and, and kill animals that we actually utilize versus having somebody come in and just freaking smash all of them, you know, with an airplane or this or that. So there's, you know, not to overwhelm you with the way that we overthink stuff or think about stuff, I should say. But was there, did you see anything hopping? Any, uh, not, was, not really any questions. Camouflage, I'm telling you, you don't have to have it, but you, you here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I was going to say. 
Here's what I'll, 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 we're at 47 minutes, dude, and we're just bullshitting about camouflage. Um, and anybody that's out there that's sponsored by Big Time, I you, get get a hold of us. Well, I don't. I, I'm all about having guys on podcasts, and and if we're doing it wrong, tell us. If you think that you have a better system, tell us. We'll all all bring it to light, or I'll, I'll here with the the small amount of guys that are listening to us anyway. But there's a reason. If you if you really want to argue. The, all the bullshit that's going on, all the, you know, hey, dude, you don't need camouflage. It's overrated. You don't need to blah, blah, blah. There's a reason over the past hundreds of, th- whatever you believe in, hundreds of thousands of years, millions of years, tens of thousands of years, thousands of years, whatever you want to, however you want to put it, that animals have developed camouflage, okay? It's for their survival. It, it's, it's a, it's a, there is no, you can't argue with it. There's a reason a hen pheasant has little spotted chicks. There's a lot. There's a reason that if you look at a, a sharp tail or a prairie chicken, their 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 eggs, their 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 baby chicks, how they're all spotted up in camouflage. You look at a baby deer, how he's spotted up, even young elk. It, it's to break up. It's to conceal. It's to disrupt the pattern, to give them the edge so that they can survive. And the same damn thing goes with predators, leopards, bobcats, how camouflaged up they are. It's to give them the edge to, to, so that they can get their next meal and not starve to death. We're just taking what they've given us for thousands of years and applying that to the damn video camera. All right. We're not trying to do anything fucking goofy where we're trying to be some kind of a military based fucking Chris Kyle sniper. Those guys are legit, man. They have a different application. We're taking camouflage and we're, we're closing the distance on an animal that is so much more advanced regarding physical characteristics, not only not characteristics, but physical capabilities, eyesight, ear, hearing, smell, and trying to fool that animal. And then at the end, we use that animal. Okay, we, we do. We actually use that animal. It's, it's, it's so much more than fun for us and i don't want it to turn into any kind of a rant but we actually do use these animals you know guys are like you got a season on coyotes and there's not a season here on coyotes there's no bag limit there's there's nothing but i i i like to use an animal for what it has i'm i'm it's just how i am i'm not trying to play it it's it's we can i don't like to use the word justification but it's easy for me to explain to people that are fucking idiots part of what God has given us over the past, you know, lifetimes, years, thousands of years to survive. You know, the fur trade, man, hundreds of years ago, that was the prime source of income. That was a currency. Fur was the currency. There was, it wasn't gold. I mean, sure it was, but that was the prime source. And somehow it's fallen by the wayside. You, I, mean, what, what, I got a couple, you know, anyway, there was a couple guys. I start thinking about shit and my brain starts fucking going 90 miles an hour. And I start trying to bring new shit in this we get guys that are asking, Hey dude, you should do a thing on, on the ranch and you know, 2021 prepper. I'll, I'll tell you the prepper shit, dude. We'll start getting into that on a different podcast. You know, I mean, you got guys that are prepping, making jars of food and, and buying up freeze dried shit and building bunkers instead of taking the high ground and, and, uh, uh, you, you know, stockpiling shit, dude, we put up hundreds of thousands millions of tons of hay for cattle what that's probably one of the most elaborate senses of of 
prepping that there there is. You know, you you think about prepping for a family, prep for a thousand head or six hundred head of cattle, twelve hundred head, mamas and babies. You know, it, it gets crazy. It's it's easy for us to go into something like that from from the trucks that we use for the train that we we hunt in. It's it's all about it, man. We're we're adaptive. That's that's how we roll. That's kind of what makes us a little bit different than a lot of other guys. It's, it's the detail that we go into, and we do have. Uh, I think hopefully a pretty cool season coming up this year. Is there something that you were going to say? Something that was popped up on there? Before I start getting stupid. Which one is it? Which one was it? How about the question? Understanding where your shadows are while you're in set. Is that the one? Yeah. The bottom one? How, the, the, how about the how about this question? Understanding where you're... Is that the one you're saying? Yeah. From wall 126, how about this question, understanding where your shadows are, which you just covered that already. You basically said all that, right? Yeah. You did? Yeah. I mean, which it, it's, it's, we're not really skylined, but maybe if a coyote's down below us, but we're prone out. Which the shooter might be prone out, but a lot of times, like that's the whole purpose of like what you said when we're, we're running the ghillie hood. If a skyline set is necessary, that's disruptive. So if the sun, in theory, if the sun's in their face or we're in a shadow, which we always try to set up for, but there's times where we can't, sure. if the wind's different or we, we make an, a, a literal educated decision, hey, dude, we're going here. We know the sun's going to be wrong, but we'll let it do its thing and then we'll do our thing. In a, in a perfect world, if the sun's at your back, you're always in the shadow. Right. You, you compare in a perfect world, if the coyote's coming to you and the sun's at your back, you're always in the shadow. Unless he's coming from behind you, then your back's lit up. But that's not a perfect world. So what we're trying to do is be disruptive with the skyline. He looks at a soapweed. He looks at a patch of big blue stem or Indian grass. And then he looks at somebody that's got a ghillie hood on. Yeah. The shit's disruptive. It's not a smooth contoured skyline like a human silhouette. It's disrupted. That's what we're trying to do. But... Regarding the shadows. And I don't know if he's talking about our shadow or if it's just the shadows that we're trying to get in. But which it, we which we do. Right. But if the sun's in your face, the shadow's behind you. If you're if you're think you're skylined. Yeah. But to, I mean, he's probably asking if a skyline set's necessary, that's what primarily we wire our ghillie hoods. All right, it's 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 preventative planning it's it's it, all right so there's certain times we go into a set where the pasture might be overgrazed where there should be a patch of grass but there's not so guess what there's a little soapweed there sometimes we'll set up and there's a little tiny soapweed on the middle of a big hill and that's all there is and we're like dude we're gillied up we got good camouflage we're gonna conquer right around that the guys that prone out with the rifles are pretty much gone now yeah so all we have to worry is, is worry about the camera a lot of times 90 99 percent of the time we're successful in those situations granted you know whether that coyote's stupid or we've got good camouflage on or we hold still, it, it, a lot of times it, it works out. But um, we always try to, to we, it, it, it's common sense. We always try to abide by the shadows if you right, can. Right. That's, that's the same principle of a, a cut bank. There's a shadow created there. That's what's disruptive about it. So we try to get in and it yep. breaks us up. Um, but there was there any if there's you guys if there's anything else we're at 50 which is a 55 that's a freaking long podcast on camouflage i know we could go into some more detail and stuff but i think i covered we covered yeah, a lot of yeah. what we we're gonna and we seracote a lot of stuff you know you if we want you can answer this one if you want 
from the Ralph. Ralph? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we are. We're we're running a ther- we have a thermal drone. Hundred percent, we do. Use it for a lot of good shit too. Collecting data for FLIR, some shit that's classified, <laughs> legit AI program. Uh, anyway. I, I think that you guys, we've, we've got, we did one video. If you guys haven't seen it, be sure to check out our YouTube channel and subscribe, ring the bell on that because then you're notified whenever we do a new upload, even podcasts, which we don't get a lot of views and a lot of stuff, even a lot of listens, you know, we'll probably only get about 10,000 between YouTube and the anchor platform, but we appreciate each and every one of those that we do get, you know, we do. I hope that we can bring, I, I hope that you guys are, are primarily informed but i hope that we can also bring an entertainment value to keep it entertaining you know so that you guys keep coming back and 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 like what we're doing uh we're going to be working with some pretty cool dudes this year uh some some new podcasts that that i'm going to be throwing out there are we've got glenn eberly from eberly stock he's going to come on with this Uh, michael bocclieri at loophole this dude's a fucking badass he's head the head optics academy instructor at loophole he came out here a couple years ago and we freaking wrecked him on on driving at night and and still can't still can't feel his toes he loves that shit so he's like dude man you guys are legit i want to get this and this and this company in and he's going to be in house if everything turns out right this year hopefully sometime in january with some some higher end dudes that are developing some uh, infrared illuminators, infrared uh, lasers, and uh, I believe Accuracy International, a guy that works. I, I don't want to get all your guys' hopes up, but it's a plans. Another another uh, uh, guy that that we're doing some stuff with is the Schlockmaster. I don't know. <laughs> The, is he coming? Is he, he coming he, this month? I got, I got. There's this dude. Okay, you guys. This guy's an awesome guy. His name's Scott Hampton. Okay. He. I told Keith we were hunting over at Dead Man's. I'm like, you got to watch this video, Scott. If you, I know you'll listen to this dude, post the post the video up, and I'll share it on the Ops YouTube channel. He's a good dude. I've sold him some suppressors, and he's he's just he's a good guy, man. You know, he's one of those guys that he he he's a, a good character. You know, just this is how it goes. And he ended up hooking up with Tim Wells and doing some dogging, evidently, if, if I think right. And then Tim was asking him about some thermal or this or that. And Scott was a nice enough, was a nice enough guy and said, hey, man, talk to this guy if you're interested in doing something thermal related. So I get this, this instant message. Wait, before I get the instant message, you guys got to check the video out. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, he's all gillied up and I think he's drinking some hot damn or something, right? Something like that. Where he's sitting in his fireplace? Yes. And he's like, you got to call. And it's almost making fun of us in a way. I mean, it's not, but it is. It's, it's, a, it's funnier than shit. You got to listen to it. It's, I, I rolled anyway. But he, he sends me an instant message on Facebook. Hey, dude, Tim Wells might be calling you. And lot, most guys that are listening to us know who that guy is. You know, he throws spears and he's a phenomenal archery shot. And uh, uh, Tim, Tim, all of a sudden on my phone, it's some, different number calls within minutes after that, you know, just random coincidence that I even checked my phone and you could tell the, the, from his voice who it was. And I'm like, is this the Tim Wells? And he started chuckling. I go the Schlockmaster Tim Wells. And he's just kind of laughing. So I was telling him a lot of stuff. He's like, dude, dude, I don't want to hear that shit. He goes, I just want your information, your insight on what's going to be the best for me to do. I'm like, all right, all right. That's so it would be what he had some really cool plans. I probably won't discuss them here, which would be cool to, it would be, show you. It would be tough. It would be really tough for us. It, it, It'd be badass though. 
we if, if anybody was going to do it, I'll throw in a little bit of a brag right now, we could do it. The situation, what he wanted to do, and I'm not going to say what it is, we could get it done for him. And it would be something that's never been done before. I can honestly say it's something that has never been done before. Whether he wants to do it, if he did, we could do it probably tomorrow. It's Friday, full moon. Yeah, Friday. We could we could do it. I could film it, but um, anyway... I, I told him it'd be cool to get him on a podcast. I don't know if he's going to be in house, but it'd be kind of cool just to talk. Every a lot of people have seen his videos. He does some really really cool. I would say controversial, but it's cool. I mean, I don't. I, I, I'm not not controversial. Not controversial to me, but you know, he 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 throws. He's legit. Hundred percent. I mean, he that's you want to see primitive dude. You want to see back in the. You want to see the freaking guns go gone. That guy could freaking live. Hundred percent. Could you hear something? Yeah. Coyotes. Something else. I probably freaking some. Probably the kids. Anyway, uh, and if if that's we 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 just have some cool content. You know, if you guys haven't seen, like I said, there's that triple that Keith just got here. We posted it a couple weeks ago. That was kind of a our, our season opener. Just an icebreaker. We've only shot about Knock a dozen coyotes. Off. Yeah, get the get the barrels freaking lapped up with some copper. Get the suppressors a little bit caked up throw another layer of carbon inside of them but we're we've got some new stuff right here it's, you guys probably can't see it but we got the new ricos with the uh, the interchangeable lrfs that'll be that'll be wicked for us we're gonna start hammering those out but we're gonna start filming pretty hard we got deer season going right now yeah we got the the we're swapping the mh25s out for the the rh25s the micros they have those are cool man those are really wicked they, they're right up our alley they're tan They've got weapon sight capabilities, so there's basically four options. You can use them as a handheld scanner. You can go into a setting, use them as a helmet-mounted scanner. You can use them as a standalone weapon sight, and you can also use them as a clip-on weapon sight, which is freaking all-around universal, badass little thermal, dude. It's got the OLED display, so it's got the light emitting diode over the, the, the display that's on the MH25, which is not rated for the conditions that we run in. But the the micro is the tan one is we're not yep. gonna it's 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 just a it's a so you're saying we're not gonna freeze it up huh? Which we did we test stuff man we test it hard the displays went down on us and I had to tell guys that that's just you know it's certain things that we find out but uh, Tyler upgraded us big upgrade we appreciate it that's another company we work with he's gonna be that's another guy hopefully Rich comes with him Tyler's gonna come out Chris Robinson from Night Crew those guys are badasses man I mean Chris. Uh, I would like to say we got to a hundred thousand subscribers before he did, but good work speaks for itself. The dude does phenomenal, uh, videography, uh, unreal, like Nat Geo style stuff. The, the, the stuff that we try to do during the day, he does it at night. He gets them so close, man. You can see pupils and it's, it's, it's legit badass footage. And, uh, what they're doing, this'll be cool. This would be a podcast idea. They're Tyler, Tyler Adair is the owner of ultimate night vision. And then there's, He's kind of got, so, so if you guys don't know who, uh, Andrew Flair is, he was going to, long story short, he was going to come out and do a hunt with us. We were harvesting, didn't work out. He's too busy. Can't come out. He wanted to shoot his first cut with us kind of in a way, I think is how I wanted to go or what he wanted to do. If I would have known how many subscribers he had on YouTube, I would have shut down harvest and we would have got him one and just done. But regardless, he has something that they call the Guggen squad, basically X amount of guys that are probably more, they film first of all, and then they're pretty legit with their catches and what they do. And, and Tyler's doing something similar to that where he's got a few of us guys that film and he thinks we're on you kind of, a, I would say another level. So he's got night crew, he's got O'Neill ops, and then he has Amatine TX killer. 
and uh, there, there, there might be another couple group of guys, but he's going to do like a docu-series. And Chris Robinson is the one that's putting it, going to be the videographer and the editor. Right. And Chris does some nasty editing, dude. I mean, he's, that's just what he does, and I have a feeling it's going to be cool as shit. And Tyler sent me a, a teaser trailer, which I'll say right now, for Amatines, and you and I watched it. Yep. And if you guys, most of you guys know who Amatine is, Anthony Amatine, he, he's on Instagram. He's got a lot of followers, um, and he's got a lot of followers on YouTube too. But it's cool. Chris did a nasty intro for him, and it's cool as shit. So he's going to go into detail on kind of what he does and, and the techniques, and he's going to break everything down and do it. Same thing for us. And I don't know how elaborate they're going to do, what kind of a docu-series, it's, but that's what the plan is. So that'll right, be awesome. Right. Just a heads up for you guys to kind of, um, if you don't know who uh, Chris is, Chris Robinson, Night Crew, I'm sure you do, or Amatine, there's going to be some pretty cool shit coming out with those guys, uh, basically with Tyler Rader, the head of it. And I think Rich Ishara, he's the, Ishihara, he's the, he's Tyler's media guy. He's going to be doing a bunch of stuff too. Um, If that's it, I mean, we kind of ranting a little bit, going off the deep end at the end. But uh, if, if you guys have any insight, we always like to cater to the audience guys. If we have any insight um, or, or any kind of information based on experience with the question that you're asking, we'll try to help you out. I'd love to do a podcast on, on every one of your guys's uh, questions. Unfortunately, there's certain things that um, we probably won't. Uh, there was a lot of questions tonight about uh, certain calling techniques and this and that sequences there's there's not really a rhyme or or, i mean there's a reason that we use what we use but there's also um a certain sense of of uh class i was classification doesn't work classified information which i would say between us the shit we just don't tell people um a lot of it unfortunately for a lot of people we we do have some of our recorded sounds. Yeah. I'm not lying. Yeah. I'm not yeah. lying. Um, we do work that we, if, if we work with a certain call manufacturer, we abide by them and we, you know, there's certain limitations that we can do, but we, we've only worked with Fox pro. That was a, a couple of years ago. We haven't done any kind of NDAs or anything with them recently, which I hope we can this year. Cause that's what we use. But there's times where we've used like three calls, dude, wildlife tech, the lucky duck and Fox pro and ran all the shit, you know, all sorts of different stuff. So, uh, if you guys basically have any questions, be sure to ask, I'll, I'll try to post up stuff like this. So how did you see how many people at the very beginning, there was like 60 some people. That was yeah, pretty good, dude. Yeah. That's not bad. I mean, for, for what we're doing. Yeah. Um, just be sure to ask, send us a message. You can eat. We're easy to get a hold of, but like I said, we appreciate the support fellas. Hopefully this year, uh, we can do some solid work for you and, and, uh, we can get some awesome content out there. Always. My goal is to get more more videos done more and i plan on doing with this setup here uh i'm almost have the reloading video done that'll be the next youtube video up probably unless we go get some a double or triple or a quad i'll get that out there first probably will well we're gonna start doing night we're gonna start going night here pretty soon just because full moon we're gonna film with a7s3 and get some cool carcass footage or carrying footage but then i'm gonna do like uh the backpacks that we run the eberly stock kind of how i lay what i use everything that I carry in my pack and, and, uh, just show guys, you know, where I put my, my call, where I put my remote, where I put a, a, a tourniquet or, a, or, or blood clotting aid, a lot of stuff, dude, that goes in there. Uh, my nomad, my GPS nets, camo net, all sorts of stuff. And, and just show guys what I, what we actually carry, why we do it. 
So there's, there's a lot of information I plan on doing. And, uh, if you haven't, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Instagram, Facebook. I'm going to be, Rich kind of ran me through Facebook. We're going to be posting a bunch of links, a bunch of videos there too this year. There's some, you know, trying to get a little bit more uh, uh, interest on Facebook since I think there's kind of a little bit different audience on Facebook than there is on YouTube. It's kind of what I'm hearing. So we'll be posting some stuff there. So be sure to check out O'Neill Ops on Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe on YouTube. And uh, we're going to be bringing some more content out there. Um, I, I probably failed to introduce Keith. Most of you guys know who Keith Rissy is. He's, uh, does a lot of the camera work as well as a lot of the trigger work and vice versa. We interchange a lot of the guys that, that the, the only guys that we run with know how to do it, know how to run the camera. They know how to run the gun, except for John. We need to teach him how to run the camera better. Except for John. <laughs> That's the, the, uh. the tripod, the tripod. <laughs> but this is Keith Rissy. Um, I'm James O'Neill. Once again, this has been a Predator Hunter podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it and can grasp some information from us. We are out. <laughs>